Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast is brought to you by ContiFit.com, the best in fitness and wellness. You're going to find out about, let's face it together, facial exercise and rehabilitation program, the best in online yoga and online coaching and run training and check it out, www.ContiFit.com. Also brought to you by High Five Health and Fitness. Create positive change in your life with High Five Health and Fitness. We do online health coaching, uh, online fitness coaching that, uh, you know, we can give you some programming to do. Uh, just about any aspect of your life. If you open up that umbrella and you see those panels, each of them represents an aspect of your health that can be improved. And uh, we take you there. So uh, if you're interested, please check us out. HighFiveHealthAndFitness.com. That was great, Brian. Likewise, with your rebranding. Enjoy. It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I know. Got some stuff coming up. We got rad guests coming oh our way. Oh my gosh. So this is episode 128 with Lindsay Vastola. And we actually found out she actually lives in New Jersey. Yeah, not who'd too far up the road. Who'd have thought? Yeah, we're going to do it again and in person. I love it. So Lindsay has such great energy, and she actually comes from the corporate world. She's recovering, recovering <laughs> from corporate like many of us, and wound up having her own gym and sold it. And now she travels and speaks and is developing her own company actually is going to be launching fit for vast potential.com get it vast potential yeah yeah and is going to be helping you know fitness professionals people career development fitness leaders online courses team trainings personal development career coaching i feel like i'm you know reading from a list but honestly she is an amazing person with great resources and is also the editor, I have to say, for Personal Fitness, what, Editor Magazine? That's what it is. Personal Fitness Pro Magazine. Yeah, Pro Magazine. She's yeah. the editor for the magazine. Right. Yes. So, uh, amazing. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's really an interesting aspect and an interesting way to look at it. As trainers, you know, we could bury ourselves in the hole of the gym and not be seen beyond those four walls. Uh, and, and, you know, or you can branch out and do all the things that are available to you, uh, you know, within the industry, which is, you know, the presenting and the blogging and the podcasting and, and, you know, all of those things that, that really can expand, uh, your brand and your, you know, your income really too, uh, you know, and, and, and just get the most of it, get all of it, um, you know, with, with everything that you have. So, um, you know, it's just a great conversation. She's, uh, she's got great spirit and we, you know, we hear it right away and, and, uh, you know, she's been on the circuit. So her, you know, she's been talking exactly about what we talk about today. So it's, uh, you know, it's good. It's hot on her mind and, uh, she let it rip. It was fun. You know what I was going to say? She's for all of you guys listening. She's bringing education and value to the fitness professional. So sit back today and listen because, you know, for those of you that are in the position of I'm a fitness trainer or a fitness professional, or you're someone that is looking to hire someone, you're going to get some value in this because, again, it's not just about, you know, teaching a class or giving someone reps to do. It's about that whole person that Brian and I keep talking about. And she's got some great information about that. And if you're looking to hire someone, again, you got to be aware of who you are working with. Mm hmm. 
Here we go. So episode 128 of the Two Fit Crazy on a Microphone podcast. Here we go. Enjoy. Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are too fit crazy. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, where it's at today. Where it's at. Episode 128 of Two Fit Crazies. These things are just dropping. We're about to hit another decade, Brian. That's right. Over and over. And you know what? We have another fantastic guest today by the name of Lindsay Vestola. Is that correct? Lindsay? Yeah, I always tease if you ask my Italian in-laws, it's Vastola, but I, oh. you know, here in America, it's Vastola. <laughs> hey. Mozzarella. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Lindsay, are you, where are you living right now? Are you outside of New York City? Where are you at? I am in what most would refer to as central New Jersey, though that's contestable depending on who you ask. I live in Robbinsville, New Jersey, so we are smack in the middle of the state. We're about 15 minutes away from Princeton, about 45 minutes to Philly, and 45 minutes to New York City, So, and 45 minutes to the beach. So yeah, we're in a really great so location. you're 45 minutes from us because we're right up 195. Perfect. Yep. Yep, we're right at the end of one or one. Off of 95. I didn't realize we were so close. We're going to have to have coffee at some point. We should have done this face to face. (laughs) Shame on us. That's all right. I would have even worn my lip gloss for you. Oh, good. (laughs) I would have still worn my sweatpants, but I look fantastic from the waist up. So don't you worry. (laughs) Oh, amazing. So, Lindsay, we always say that, you know, our, our podcast guests, they don't. Normally, they don't just fall into our studio or, you know, magically appear on our airwaves. Um, you are connected with some pretty amazing people and amazing conventions and events around the United States and beyond. And you actually do a lot of writing and speaking and empowering. So, obviously, I came across your name and I was I was piqued. My interest was was peaked because you do a lot for other people. She's, so she stalked you. Uh, yeah. Long and short. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> you know what? I want to be around internet, people. Internet detective. Better than myself. Yes. And you know yes. what? I'm looking at you and I'm looking at what you do and I'm like, you know what? I want to know her. There's people I'd look and I, I say, I don't want to be friends with them. They're not a good influence. You? I was like, hmm, I want to talk to this Lindsay girl. I got my eye on you, Lindsay. Yeah. Well, we are the product of the people we put ourselves around without question. Without question. And I'm relentless. So here you are. <laughs> She's got a big wall in her I'm house with lots of, of pictures on it. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. You're part of that tree. <laughs> There's hearts or X's, you know? <laughs> Oh, I'm glad boy. you made it. <laughs> yeah, hoping for the former. Right. So what are you up to, Lindsay? Well, you know, where do you, where would you like me to start? Um So where did you just get back from? Because our good friend uh Stephanie Silber, who is, you know, starting Fit Swap, 
um, just came back from a conference and was speaking your praises and didn't know that we already connected. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think she's a pretty cool girl. <laughs> um, so what, where were you at? What were you just doing? Yeah. So, um, the more, the longer I'm in this industry, the more and more I realize how familial, and I mean, meaning like how small this enormous industry really is. and so interconnected. It's really fantastic. Um, so I met Stephanie last week at club industry. Um, so that's a, you know, been around, that's actually 15 years ago. It was the very first conference that I went to when they had Club Industry East at the Javits Center in New York. I don't know if you recall that, but um, so we held an event, a day-long workshop, and when I say we, so one of the few things that I do, I've been the editor of Personal Fitness Professional Magazine for almost nine years now, and um, so one of the things I get asked all the time, um, you know, I owned a fitness studio and sold that a year and a half ago, and um, so a lot of different events, just being a fitness entrepreneur, but then speaking in the industry and the people I work with in the magazine that I get to come across in the industry, I hear so often you know, how can I, how can I just make a bigger difference beyond the training of clients every day? And and I'm certainly not diminishing that, but I think a lot of fitness professionals just have this yearning. The reason why we got into fitness was to make a difference in people's lives. And we want longevity in our careers too. And so just training every day, um, I think individuals, they want it, they want other options. So the thing I hear is how do I get to write for, you know, magazines, whether it's for the consumer or for the industry, how can I speak on stages again, whether it's at companies or or organizations or in the industry, how can I just have a greater impact and influence? Um, And where do I start? What are the first steps? So I had this, you know, those light bulb moments <laughs> that I said, you know what, I think this would make for such a great event because it obviously is a problem. So, right, anytime you start a business or do anything, what's the problem and what's my solution? And I said, what if there was an opportunity for these success-driven fitness professionals ready to seek other ways to share their message? What if in, in a sort of a unique dynamic, not the typical event, because the thing is, the stuff I wanted to talk about isn't really being talked about at most conferences and events in the industry. And I said, you know, the, my favorite events have always been the ones where I sit, I, I, it's not just being lectured to or at, and that's obviously learning and that's important, but I love the ones where I get to interact. I get to brainstorm. I get to actually do some tangible work and so I'm not leaving with just a notebook full of notes. I'm actually leaving with a game plan. So uh, put together a team on behalf of uh, the magazine was our major sponsor and uh, put together this day long workshop. And we had an incredible group of fitness professionals um, who, yeah, they want to write books. They want to write for magazines. They just want to write for their local communities. They want to be a thought leader. They want to speak on stage or just find their voice if they wear, clarify their message. And so we worked through that in in the day. So I know that was a little bit long-winded story of like, where are you coming from? <laughs> but it really encapsulates my bigger mission uh, with some of the new ventures that I'm working on now. So 
um, I don't know. I killed a few birds with one stone. No, it, 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 you know, you're right. You're right. We, we, we go to the, you know, we go to the, um, seminars and we go to the industry, you know, functions. And a lot of times it's, you know, you're sitting there and you can learn and you can, and you can take notes and, and things like that. But I think it's like with those breakout sessions where you're, actually meeting the peers that are sitting next to you and hearing their ideas and hearing, uh, you know, everybody else's ideas. I, I mean, my wife is a school teacher and they have those, you know, those PD, uh, sessions all the time. And, you know, she says they're the best ones when, when, you know, it's not just people up there talking, like that's a long day. And, you know, we, we teach the classes, right? We, you know, we have a gym or a, a, you know, a facility we're in the classes and then the people kind of leave and we can have our own little blogs or Facebook pages or, you know, whatever social media things going on. But, you know, you can hit them more, you know, you have more to offer than just that hour per day. Absolutely. And I think the real crux of it, my greatest, if you were to ask me what if, you know, if I had a frustration, if you will, and I came from a corporate background, I worked in New York City um, out of college for um, about six years, I guess. Um, learned very quickly that that grind was not in my DNA, <laughs> and uh, but it taught me um, so much. And when I went into and I said, you know, I'm going to go into that industry, this industry that you know, I was always an athlete. I was a student athletic trainer, and um, I said, this is the time, and and I'm going to do it now. And one of my frustrations was every time I said I was a personal trainer there was an automatic, I could sense from the person I was telling, there wasn't a lot of credibility. There's a, there's an innate sort of distrust or a certain perception, I guess, that the, that so many people have of personal trainer that I actually started to not want to call myself a personal trainer. And I know I'm not the, I know that this echoes for a lot of fitness professionals. And so I said, you know, how can I elevate how can I elevate the perception and of the experience of fitness? Because too many people think the typical fitness experience is going into the gym and you get the, you know, teenager who's at the front desk, not caring. Um, and nobody's watching you and you feel anonymous. And that, unfortunately, that's what we're fighting against as fitness professionals. I think that there was a survey several years ago that said, you know, the top three professions that people have most distrust for. It was like one were car salesmen and like personal trainers were in the top three or top five. And I said, you know, for, for this industry that we're so committed to having such great impact and for so many of us who are altruists and we want to have a real tangible, you know, make change in this world. Um, we have a big battle to face, like just trying to get um, like our people respecting what we do and, um, and so that was what I set out to do in my fitness company was really make the fitness experience different, bring value, bring education, bring something that was more than just the trainer trying to kill you and, you know, um, shouting things and, <laughs> um, and running around in their cute workout outfits. <laughs> and then when that. I, yeah. And then that was really my springboard when I decided it was time. And I knew from the beginning that I wouldn't be in the, the fitness studio ownership forever. It was really just, um, I like to call them lily pads. I had a mentor call them once. It's sort of like stepping stones, but you do one thing and it's, you know, you have to sort of move on in order to make space for something greater. And that's, 
that's been my mission with the magazine is how do we elevate the profession of fitness so that the consumer sees us in a different through a different lens we're paid what we're worth we can actually make greater change um, and that's really yeah my main venture now is is helping you know change that on all those fronts. And I think that what you just said too, I call it a springboard. You springboard. You have to go through, Mm -hmm. you know, certain things in your life. You know, Brian and I both came from corporate and I actually was a teacher for 15 years and going through, here's what I, here's what I've seen in corporate. Here's what I've seen in education. Here's what's missing in this world. I've gone through where, you know, sometimes today I'll tell people, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, well, it's complicated. How much time do you have? You know, it's because it's all encompassing. If I tell someone I'm a fitness trainer, many times you get that like poo-poo look like, oh, well, you just jump around and, you know, do like aerobics. I'm like, okay, that word doesn't even exist anymore, people. Like let's, but there's a difference between a fitness trainer. And I think it's important for us to stop here for a second, especially for our listeners. The difference between a fitness trainer versus a fitness professional is something that we need to really stop for a moment and say, what is the difference? And you were talking about, it's not just a I'm going to tell you to lift weights or I'm going to take you through a class. It's it's fitness is mind, it's body, it's the connections between how you feel and what you're thinking about. And I think there's a lot of, you know, misconceptions of there are a lot of bad fitness professionals out there. I'm not gonna lie, but there's also a lot of great ones. And it's interviewing those people and finding out, you know, being an advocate for yourself and saying, here's what I need. And there's people that, you know, I teach a couple of classes here and there too um, at, at this point. And people walk in and say, I can't keep up with you. And I'll say, I don't need you to. And I say, I wish that I didn't have to do any of this because I don't want you to compare yourself to me or the person next to you, or you got to take care of yourself. But how do you get that person even mentally ready to be confident enough to do their own thing? And, you know, that's just kind of one example that, Absolutely. you know, I, I think it's important for people to realize that the fitness professional and what you're doing and, you know, Brian and I actually are, the podcast is actually in the, um, club industry when we present with, um, SCW. So mm-hmm. we do, obviously we do, we, you know, we do that and hands on and whatnot, but it's educating people outside of just the being in a gym. Well, what are the choices and what are you doing outside? Whether you're actually a fitness pro or you're just someone looking for ways to get healthy. Um, how do you know, how do you talk to people about presenting their whole, I guess their whole package when you present and talk? Right. I think what, um, what's really missing, well, there's a few things at play. So when somebody says, Oh, I want to be a personal trainer. Um, a lot of us, everybody comes in through such a different avenue. So the three of us, we came from corporate and somehow through the story, each of our stories, um, fitness played a big role in our life. And we saw it as an opportunity from a career standpoint and from a, um, just trajectory and where we felt like, you know, there was opportunity. And if you look, it's not like going to school, like it's not like being a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, to some degree, even a teacher, right? You like a traditional teacher, if you will, right? You don't go to college and then do it, you know, further degrees. And then you go and do an internship and then you become, you get accepted to a firm and then you become a partner, right? There's kind of, you know, more clarity around the career projection for 
so many of those um, those those job lines. Whereas in fitness, there's so many different ways in. So you can come in through the education, I you know kinesiology, exercise science, sports coach, you know, or strength coach. Um, but you have a lot of just fitness enthusiasts who then take it to the next level. Um, you have, I call them fitness hobbyists, like people who just love fitness. So um, I can't tell you how many group fitness instructors I've met who were in the class and the instructor said, you'd make a great instructor. You should get your certification. Mm-hmm. And um, again, certainly not devaluing that way in, but they're not coming in necessarily with full um, awareness of what it takes to really become a fitness professional um, and make it, and maybe the, the deeper thing is, make it a meaningful, lasting career. So the reason why we see such attrition with people getting into fitness is because they're not thinking the long term. They're saying, I love teaching fitness because I want to change lives. And so I'm going to teach 22 classes a week. <laughs> and, then, and then you're physically depleted. You're emotionally depleted because we know we give so much emotion emotionally and energetically to our clients. It's not just the physical. And so, you know, I would love, I mean, my vision for the industry would be how can we, and maybe the reality is people come in still through different ways, but how do we raise the standards of what's expected or of a fitness professional in whether it's, you know, a corporate trainer or a gym or a group fitness or a personal trainer or an entrepreneur, what are the standards so that the consumer now knows what to ask and what to look for beyond just the exercise part? Because to me, we're so focused and you go to these conferences and all of the hands-on stuff is packed when you go to any of the other things, like how to the career or the business of fitness, I will say in the last probably five to 10 years, like the conference, you know, we both spoke at it, um, club industry, you're seeing more and more of a shift to people going to those things. But, you know, at the end of the day, I might know the tactical knowledge of how to program or how to, how to make sure that people, how to assess squats and teach proper cues. Except if I don't know how to connect with that person, if I don't know their learning style, if I don't know what motivates them, those are those, I call them impact skills. They're the more emotionally intelligent um, communication, interpersonal skills that frankly is 85% of our job. I always say like, we're like, we're in the service industry first, our product just happens to be fitness. So if I went and worked in restaurants, I'm serving people in such a a way that gives them a good experience and I want them to be happy and I want them to come back. And so I'm going to serve them in that way. The product just happens to be food. And too much of the emphasis, I think, in the fitness industry and why people are so turned off by it, um, or they're not, um, they don't come back. You know, look at how many you know, gyms, they just get people on recurring and they never come back. It's because the people who have the opportunity to talk to them in a different way, it's not about the exercise. I'm obviously on a soapbox because I'm incredibly passionate. No, it's, it's beautiful and it's, and it's appropriate. This is, uh, our whole, our whole podcast is a soapbox, so let it rip. Uh, (laughs) they, you know, and, and no, and I, and I, and I agree, you know, it's like, and and I always ask myself, well, what is it? Like, what is it that is needed? You know, is it, is it more continuing ed? Is it, 
a, you know, appropriate continuing education? Is it, uh, you know, like when I always look at continuing ed, it's like, oh, well, I'm interested in that. I'm just going to take that and then we'll do that. And then, you know, that's what most of the people will do. Um, you know, if you're like a, you know, a trainer with more of a nutritional background, you're going to take the nutrition continuing ed. You learn stuff that you like to learn and you don't learn anything that really that, that is outside of your box. And, and that's kind of where you stay. Whereas I think like more thorough continue or you know appropriate th- continuing ed or or if not like more specialization so that that is your thing um you know might be a, a part of it and and you're 100 percent right it's 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 the connection it's you know there's so much more to fitness and health really um than just coming in and bouncing around for an hour and then getting out of there and going about your day uh, you know how do you feel like you know and all the health coaching things i actually when i lecture i, I carry a, around an umbrella right and each panel of the umbrella represents a portion of health and you know if we don't have that those panels full we're going to get wet and we got to focus on everything and, and you know and, and all that stuff right down to finances right i had you know someone in the gym yeah. the other day we we're talking about they were, you know they're they're upset and stressed out and miserable and it's finances it's like we got you know we can get healthier there and it, it has to be a part of of the whole Brian, if I may, I think, um, you know, answering, you know, what is, what's the, what's the answer? And that's what I've, you know, and in large part and full transparency, why I decided to sell my studio. Cause I said, why, why is something, you know, that was successful by all definitions of the word. And I said, why everything that seems so second nature to me. So the way to communicate, the way to have those challenging discussions with both staff and clients, Um, how to be really clear on the message of exactly who you're serving and how you serve them, and then how that extends to your sales and your retention and everything, is the things that seem so second nature to me, the things that seem second nature to you, um, to you guys, and the reason why you're successful in the industry as well, it's not second nature to everybody. And it's something, it's personal development, but at the end of the day, it really needs, I believe it needs to come in the form of career development, which to me is like the umbrella of personal and professional development. So part of that extension is yes, we have to keep, we have to be masters of our craft. So we need to understand the science and the methodology and, you know, the inner workings of the practical part of training somebody, but we also need to develop, practice, learn how, learn the strategies of communication, understand how, you know, from an emotional intelligence standpoint, and correct me, I don't know if everybody, if I can digress real quick, everybody listening may not know what emotional intelligence is, but think of it as like, it's often referred to as sort of the soft skills. I'm doing air quotes over here. (laughs) Um, I hate calling them soft skills, skills because it makes them seem like they're not important. And I like to call them impact skills. This is like when somebody walks in the room and they can immediately connect with people or they have such self-awareness that they understand that their body language, the language they use, how is that impacting the other people in the room or their client? And then adjusting their language or the words that they're choosing to say in a sales conversation, that's emotional intelligence. And studies are finding that, you know, 
85%, and I'd say even more of our job is emotional intelligence. Companies in other industries are hiring now based on emotional intelligence and less on actual tactical skill, like or qualifications. Again, air quoting again, <laughs> um, in the actual like what would be required to perform the job, especially in any industry where interpersonal skills, which is basically anything because you're working with a manager or coworkers, because you're going to get better outcomes when you have people who are open to, you know, being, if they're coachable, if they have self-awareness, if they can get through, if they're resilient, if they can get through challenging situations, that's the stuff that I think is missing in this industry. And it's not being regularly offered, um, I would love to see more, obviously, from the corporations, more corporate. But I think now all of these franchise and um, entrepreneurial studio boutique, uh, that's where they can start doing this type of career development with, with their staff so that fitness professionals now have a view of, like, I can do more with my career. It's not just about going through the exercises. Um, so again, my soapbox, but I think, I think we're at a point where you're right, Brian, it's, we've got to come up with something that's going to answer this and fill that gap. And I keep thinking of as, as you sit here, as you're saying this, how many other professionals, I guess, or careers have, or I guess anyone in general, but how many other people out there aside from real fitness professionals have clients or have members that will talk to them and just open up that just, mm-hmm. I, I have to, and not to, you know, sound bad, but, um, there's people all, I have to say at least like four to five times a month, just cry to me. Yeah. And, and it, it's just a, they need, they need someone or, or you've gotten to them and, or you've, whether it be crying because they need to let something out and they feel they can't and you're, you're, you know, you're behind them and you're supporting them for something they believe they can't do, or they've reached a goal that they are so incredibly proud of that it just brings them to tears. Mm -hmm. That is something I know when you're talking about soft skills and whatnot, you know, when I do education with, you know, people that work for me or my coaches or trainers and, and go and speak, I say, you have the most important job in the world. And I said, don't let anyone ever tell you different or make you feel that you are not, you know, worth it or you're inferior to someone else's job as someone who's been in corporate and been teaching and been this and that, you know, your health is number one. You don't have your health. You have nothing. Mm -hmm. So to be someone who, you know, when I, when I lecture at, at conferences, I say to them, you are here. If you're here just for the CECs, all right, great. I'm glad. I hope you walk out of here with some, you know, tools in your toolbox and you can turnkey some things. I said, but most of you are here because you generally love people and you not only want to change lives, you want to save lives and you want to learn about the latest in science and the latest of the research and what can I be doing to help people even more. So, you know, with that said, I really think it's something for people to think about that, like we said, that whole person, the umbrella analogy that Brian used, how you say, you know, really the soft skills or the, maybe we say soft, but those are the most important. Yeah. Without, That's why I hate yeah. calling them soft skills yeah. because it, yeah, it's impact skills is really what they are. That's I like what it. Me- Let's flip the oh, narrative yeah. on that. Impact yes. skills, hashtag. Yeah. That's- 
absolutely. That's exactly, that's what I train. That's my goal to increase in this industry is because if, if you then value as a fitness professional, um, you know, Christine, going to your point where, you know, they might be coming for the CECs and there were, I think in all industries, there's, that's going to happen, but the cream that will rise, those that will really be the shining stars and the ones that, um, elevate and raise the bar in our industry and then help other, help people actually see the value are the ones who see that that's where, that's where, that's what the differentiating factor. Um, and that's what, you know, now we're in a state of the industry where the market is flooded with studios and, gyms and options. And then now we have the online virtual, you have Pelotons. There's so much that the consumer is seeing. The fitness and the exercise will never ever be what truly defines or differentiates a fitness professional. It will be how they deliver it and how they make their clients feel. And feel is air quotes again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I always say, I I heard this once, I can't take credit for it, but I can't recall who said it, but exercise really is just like a gateway drug. The reason why they're crying so often is because you've gotten to them to the point because they're feeling something. And exercise is a way, just one way to get the feeling of happiness, joy, um, release, relief, um, you know, just, just, comfort, support. Exercise is really just one modality for that. But the trainers, the fitness professionals who know how to access that, and that means they've got to know who they're training. I think, you know, if fitness professionals are listening right now, one of the biggest mistakes that I see way too often in this industry is I'll ask a fitness professional, oh, you know, so who do you train? And they'll say, well, I pretty much train everyone. And I'm like, no, <laughs> because if you can train everyone, I know that sounds like, or it seems like what people want to hear. The thing is, is if you go and you tell somebody, oh, well, I can pretty much train everyone. It tunes everybody out. And while you might actually be able to train everyone, what if you told somebody specifically, you know, I train youth athletes, I train, um, you know, people who have been just diagnosed with cancer, I can tell you right now, that person on the other side of the conversation will immediately think, oh, wow, number one, that is really special and specialized, you must need you know, extra, um, credentials in order to do that. So immediately you've elevated your status, which is part of the problem we've been talking about the last 15 minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it adds value. So now you can, you more easily can, um, communicate your value in terms of money, in terms of what you're being paid and what, you know, in turn in, you know, in return for the highly skilled, um, that you're doing, but that other person is saying, you know what, if they don't, if they're not your client, I guarantee, you know, they, they know somebody who is just diagnosed with cancer or who's going through chemo who will say, you know what, my best friend is just going through this. You would be a great resource for her. And so now it's just creating this momentum for them where if they say everybody, they're just lumped in with every other fitness professional who works at the gym and that image that people have seared in their mind of what a fitness professional looks like. And instead now by being specialized, Brian, I think you mentioned that earlier, like let's specialize and let's make that the cornerstone. And by extension, other people may be attracted to us, but that's, what's going to separate. Um, I think the fitness professionals who have a longer term career, um, in the industry. Now I could tell you what I think, but what's the fear? Why are we fearing? Why can't we do this? Just 
just put pigeonholing ourselves into something or what? I think they, I don't think most fitness professionals know partly because there's no education or discussion around it. So when they're coming in and what's the first stop for many fitness professionals, they might go and get, or exposure, I should say, they might go to, they may go to a certification agency and get their personal training certificate or their group fitness. Where in any of that first exposure to what it means to be a professional in this industry, is it talking about how do you describe yourself? How do you message yourself? Where here's the potential, here's the 52 trajectories of career (laughs) in industry that you could have. There's so much possibility, nowhere. And so you leave, so these fitness professionals are leaving their first and only real exposure and they're not being taught how to articulate their value. And so, you know, I don't know if it's necessarily fear because if, you know, they don't even, I don't think most even know that that's actually hurting them. They're just doing it because that's all they know. What is it like? You don't know what you don't know. Right. (laughs) Um, And so if they can make it X number of years, um, successfully without having to go back and getting a air quotes again, a real job, (laughs) right? They, if they haven't learned that, or if they haven't somehow through listening to podcasts like this or going to an event or meeting or in working with mentors, they won't ever be exposed or have that light bulb moment of like, yeah, you know, I really love training seniors or I love training postpartum women. That's who I want to focus on. And that's where I feel like I can make the greatest impact in the world. Um, now I want to make sure that I learn how to message that and communicate my value and create my programming around it. Um, otherwise we're just sort of told like generically you can train anybody because you technically have, you know, you might have the, the basic skill set to do so. And, and, and as I sit here and think about it, you know, everyone that comes on the show that has, you know, the, the best trainers that, that we've had, they have their their niche that that is their you know their wheelhouse and that's that's what they focus on and those are the successful ones and those are the ones that charge you know the right amount of money and make a living and and do all those things and and you know it's not the trainer necessarily maybe just cuz they don't they don't come on the show but you know like like you said Lindsay they they get their certification and then what happens next? They don't have a trage- trajectory. Chances are they go to a place where they are almost, in a way, forced to train anybody that walks through the door. You know, they might be the next cl- the next trainer up, um, you know, so to speak. Or you know, they don't have the uh, network yet to to get referrals and things like that. So they have to kind of start taking anybody, and then they get stuck in it. And that's where that's where it happens. It's the one without the direction, uh, the ones without the directions that kind of get lost in the shuffle and, and say, well, it's just, it, you know, you couldn't make any, I couldn't make any money doing that. Right. Exactly. And I think, um, one of my favorite analogies is, are you guys familiar with Eric Cressy? He has, yes. The, yes. So he is really known or initially became known, um, because he not just, he didn't just train athletes. So athletes is like this broad, it's sort of like saying everybody, but you know, I train athletes. Right. Okay. Um, but he became really known for training only overhead athletes, primarily baseball pitchers is who he started with. So it wasn't all baseball players. It was baseball pitchers. And then by extension, all the other overhead 
athletes like volleyball players, basketball players, they started being attracted to him because the mechanics of what he was training was fairly similar, but he went so narrow and deep, more narrow than just even athletes or professional athletes. It was, you know, not even a sport. It was overhead, like baseball pitchers. <laughs> and by extension now he has education programs, he has these incredible training facilities. He is, you know, well known, he's a he writes, I, you know, he has all these online programs and he did that not because, you know, the misconception is or is that let me just start training everybody and then I'll get narrow because I don't want to I don't want to potentially miss an opportunity. And I think a lot of fitness trainers, they're really nervous that they can't say no to any business or any potential client. So, and it actually, in my business, it made it so easy when I said, you know, exactly who my core client was. It was the success-driven woman who was sick of the big box gyms, who knew she wanted lifelong change. And she realized that, it was more than just exercise and she wanted to finally, she was ready to finally invest in herself. So again, women, you know, it might seem a little bit broad, but if they came in looking just for an exercise, like a class schedule, I knew they weren't our ideal client. And I would have to learn like, you know, if, if you're just looking for like immediate weight loss for the wedding that you want to get to, I just don't think that we're your place. However, Orange Theory down the road might be your place or the other one, you know, I'm again, just throwing out examples, but, but it made it so much easier because then all of the language. So things like with my staff talk about these impact skill development and these soft skills I had, you know, I regularly did trainings and in services with them and standards with things like, in our facility, we do not ever say anything such as, okay, ladies, it's time to get into bikini season. Okay, this is big top <laughs> arms. That might work for a certain segment, might be motivating. I knew for my segment of the, I, the clients who were coming to us, she did not want to hear that. She, that would actually turn her off. And so it actually made it very easy for me to run a business and not feeling like, and we were very successful because of it. Were there women that we, you know, maybe could have taken on and didn't serve? Yes, but it would actually dilute the experience. Um, and I don't think, you know, by, uh, by, you know, um, by effect, I don't think the business would have been as successful. So that would be my note to fitness professionals is like, find who you love to train, and then understand that person better than they know themselves, not just the demographics, but what are the psychographics? What are the things that frustrate them? Like, oh, let's get ready for bikini season. <laughs> Those little things make such a difference, you know? So It sounds um, ridiculous when I say spaghetti straps, girls, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't pull that off. But the, yeah, right. Exactly. But there's some who might love that and might, you know, that might be great motivation for them, but oh, it's, it's fun. I think what you're saying is fantastic. And I think it's also frightening at the same time mm. for many, because even myself, I felt, Hey, you know what? I'm going full time into fitness, even though, you know, we pull the boat close enough to the dock where I didn't have to, you know, jump that far. But it's a, it is a scary thing because you do think, all right, well, how am I going to pay my bills and will this work? And you got to really bury that word hope and, and say, all right, I'm confident that this is going to happen. I'm going to work hard and this is the demographic I'm going after. And I have to say, it's even been what two years for myself now, just, 
just about two years that, that I've been full time in the fitness industry and I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost like, you know, you've got to kind of go through things and say, all right, I've learned that this is not where I want to go. I've learned that this is not the demographic that I love. I used to always be that high intensity person. And now I don't want to be that high intensity person. I want to go back and say, you know what? That's not me. I, I did that. It's, you know, here's where I want to be with education and I want longevity and functional fitness. And you know what? Two years from now, we've got 20% of the population is going to be over 65 years old. That's my gig. That's my jam. And I know that. And I think it takes a while to figure out who you really want to work with, what programs you believe in. If, you know, if you're someone who's writing programs, um, you know, like Brian and myself work with very individualized people. Um, it's important to sit back and say, what am I most confident at? I am going to educate myself in the best way possible. So then I can roll that out to other people. And I'm going to say this right now because this is just who I am. You better put your damn money where your mouth is. That's all I have to say. So if you're going to tell people to do certain things and live a healthy lifestyle and I want you doing that. I want you walking, walking the walk and talking the talk, you know, and it makes it just that much easier, um, to live out when it's just how you do it. And, um, if it's people that people can see authenticity and when you see clients as often as we do, um, or most trainers do, or hopefully do anyway, (laughs) um, you know, that, that reality, that authenticity, that really comes through and, uh, you have to make it clear. I I know I realized, I said, you know, one thing, you know, that sort of like visceral, that gut, like, Oh, like I just don't want to write another weight loss program. Um, And some people love doing that. And for me, I realized, I said, that's when I made the pivotal decision. I said, I'm not even going to promote weight loss. That's not the number one result that I want people coming here for. They're coming here because they want real life, lasting, meaningful change. And yes, of course, weight loss may be one part of it, but so is stress management and so is energy and so is vitality and so is mobility. And so it made it so much easier for me to seek out who I was most like, who I really wanted to work with. And actually more importantly, I think it's actually as important, if not more to determine who you don't want to work with. I don't want to work with people who aren't open-minded. I don't want to work with people who, um, you know, are only looking for weight loss again, as examples, but, um, sometimes we get clear on who we want to, but then it's hard for us to determine exactly who we don't want to. And then that's when those challenges happen. I don't want to work with little kids. (laughs) I'm going to throw that out there. And that's, and that's cool. I was always older, like always with adults. And I've been, I was a high school teacher again, coming from banking and then working with 17, 18, 19 year olds and, and then adults. I love older people. Yes. You know, one of the, the most dangerous I, I love the high words. school kids. I, I mean, yeah, I love, I love, there, there's going to be somebody for yeah, everybody. That's, yeah. That's it. I think one of the most dangerous words we say, we say this, not just in our careers or in the industry is the word should. And we, I, again, I don't know who said this, but it's so great. It's like, let's just stop shooting on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Let's stop shooting on ourselves. So like as parents, well, I should be at both kids soccer games that happen at the exact same time, or, you know, I should not work or I should work or whatever it is. But I think for any altruistic career like ours, when we say things like, 
I don't really want to work with kids, but I should want to work with kids. Like, doesn't that help them? Because if they're healthy as kids, won't they be healthier adults? I should want to do that. Or I should want to help people who are morbidly obese. And what it does is it starts to just, I think, cloud and overwhelm us when instead just acknowledging and really owning, like, no, I'm, I really love working with people who are 55 and older. Um, I get real joy and I think I actually impact them best. So what I should do is focus on that. And there will absolutely be somebody who can serve the, you know, who can serve the kids or the, you know, the new moms, whatever it might be. And, and, uh, and just like, that's... just like you, we, we, you know, we wouldn't bring somebody in here into our, our, our gym and, and not work with their strengths. You know, we would work on it with their strengths to, to help them get along. And exactly. we shouldn't either, you know, we shouldn't work with our weaknesses, you know, to try and get along. It, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's more of, of working with the, you know, walking the walk. And, and honestly, I, 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 the recurring theme that keeps coming up in my head with all this stuff, Lindsay, is in, not to sound hokey, but that's who I am, is, is love, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you got to love yourself in order to, to yeah. stick to your guns, right? We got to love those people that are coming in the door and they may want to lose weight, but what they really need is some love, right? And, and honestly, I mean, that's, I always say, I'll love you till you love yourself. Like we can do this. And, and you know, it's just one of, you know, all you need is love. Oh yes. It's not. Can that be the intro song for this session? Yes. But that's, you know, but that's like the fitness industry. And I think that that is lost on, on, on some and, and some, you know, some dudes i'll call them out right like the 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 trainers they like to peacock themselves around and and you know show off and they're not connecting right they're not making that connection and you know i i there's so many things that i can even say like even like a good coach right a good coach has his x's and o's down he knows how to write plays he knows how to program and all those things you know but maybe the bedside manner like that you know that that person that can come to that can connect with them is gone there's other people that are really good with the connection but don't have the x's and o's you know you kind of have to have it both you do and um you know lead with your heart i think in our in our industry like so if you're somebody who either well as an individual but also particularly for those who if you're hiring people so i don't know I, i don't know exactly who's listening to this but if you're looking for you know to bring on trainers or to who you're going to work with you know, the thing is, is that I think, again, one of the Achilles heels in this industry is that we hire based on the resume. So we hire, it's like, oh, I need a spin class instructor from six to seven. And so we bring in the first person who comes in who has a spin certification, yet they have they have no self-awareness. They have no idea how to talk to the clientele, um, the way they dress, the way they you know present themselves. And instead, what we really need to be hiring is, you know, what are those impact skills? Because we are in the people service business. And the tactical skills, if you hire somebody who is coachable, who's willing to learn, then you can send them to, you know, the further training or they're more willing to learn. Um, You know, a lot of the people who aren't at the CECs um, doing it because they think they know everything. And we certainly don't want to, you know, we don't want to be bringing those people into our fold, into our community. And the more we can boost that, I think, Christine, back to what you were saying earlier, like until once the consumer, the clients understand that there is a better experience. It's like, it's like, uh, you know, you don't know what a, 
you've never been to Ruth's Chris and all you know is McDonald's. I use food and restaurant analogies a lot. I came from the restaurant industry too. So, you know, like you don't even know what a good experience is like until you have it. And even if you never even knew Ruth's Chris existed, right? And I think now more and more with these boutique, more personalized experiences, people are starting to see that there's value. Um, but it's still, a, we, we still have a lot to, of work to do as an industry. I love that. Once you go Ruth's Chris, you can't go back. I remember right? my first and then experience. there's even ones that, you know, you talk uh, to people and they'd argue there are better ones, right? So there's, there's mm-hmm. still, um, but at least it just opens your eyes or how many of you, how many of your clients, right? They, maybe they're injured or they have a nagging pain or injury and they need to go see a physical therapist or they had a shoulder um, thing and they went to PT before and they keep saying, well, I'll just modify. And we're like, nope, it's past the point where you can keep modifying it. You have to go to the orthopedist or whatever. And they'll say, well, you know, the last time I went to PT, um, I still have the papers. Like I'll just go do the exercises. I didn't feel all they did was just like count my reps and, or I had to do them on my own yet. So of course, their perception, just like a personal trainer, their perception of physical therapy is that it has no value. It's a waste of money and time. So why should they go do it? But if you've had a really fantastic, almost life-changing physical therapy experience, and they absolutely exist, um, that you feel better and you know it's, it's a completely different experience, now you're more open to like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go back to this person because I trust them and they taught me helped un- help me understand how not to do it again right um it's just perception and uh the more we can encourage that in our industry with fitness professionals the consumers they're gonna see they're gonna see the change i was 16 when i had shoulder surgery and mike with the blue eyes was my <laughs> was your physical, physical therapist, therapist. experience he was 16 <laughs> i was 16 and it's funny because you just brought back some great memories because I'm like, I wanted to be a physical therapist after that. And I actually got all the books and I would read them in the summer. And, you know, it's really funny that you say that oh, because Mike with the blue eyes. Mike you had a very good eyes. experience. He huh? was engaged. It like broke my heart. But it, but I remember that like as you're saying this and I know it sounds silly, but you do like the older clientele. Huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Um, but that's something that. I had a good experience, not just because he was cute, but it was a really good experience. And that kind of led me to getting back to playing. I was a volleyball player, getting back, you know, quicker and then really didn't want to disappoint them. So I would do all my exercises at home. And, and that's kind of something I think is important because you make that connection and you, you are held response, you know, you're hot, held accountable. Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. And, you know what, Lindsay, I would love for you to talk about some of the things that you have coming up on your agenda, some things that you're working on, um, just so before our time runs out, so we can let our listeners know where they can find you or where what you're up to. Yeah, no, I appreciate that so much. Um, and, and just giving me a quick minute. I am um, so I'm just coming down. I feel like I've been like the, a traveling rock star, not really, but you know, like air, you know, planes, trains, and automobiles. Um, did a lot of speaking um, in this fall, and a lot of it on this specific stuff that we've been talking about: the emotional intelligence, leadership, personal leadership, um, career career paths, and career development. Um, I have, I think, one more event this November in Dallas. It's great for fitness entrepreneurs and studio owners. It's called Rise, and that's in Dallas. I think in uh, it's November 8th, 9th, and 10th, or whatever that weekend is. Um, and then for 2020, 
I am really excited to launch my um, the new company, and it's it's a career development company for fitness leaders, and delivering career development. So all these impact skill things that we've talked about through online courses, team training. So I've been working with several different companies to come in and do in services and really fun team building, but also personal development um, in their facilities as part of their career, uh, career development and then uh, career coaching. So um, it's, it's a company that I'm really excited about. I think it's going to solve a lot of problems or at least be one part, one spoke in the umbrella, <laughs> if you will, um, to help fitness professionals make a bigger difference. And it helps, you know, I can use my personal experience of owning a fitness business and obviously being a fitness professional. Um, but then my unique position sort of in the industry that I've had the opportunity to see as an editor and um, speaking and so on. So um, I'm very excited about that. So where to see, where to meet me, it would be um, the best place is fit for vast potential. So it's F I T F O R V A S T potential.com. And that will, that site will be building out with some really cool forums and online courses, free webinars, just ways that fitness professionals can see the possibility and really meet their vast potential, air quotes. Did you get that one too? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Got it. Their vast potential, um, personally and professionally. So I'm very excited about that. This is awesome. We got to do when you when you get everything kicked off with uh, with the the new endeavor here. Uh, you know, as you move into to everything there, uh, come back and yeah. tell us more about it. And do it, let's do it in person. We'll even come yeah. out your way. Maybe we'll get one of those mustard pies you got out there. Yeah, you know, my town Robbinsville, we have two, mustard pie. They did uh, – there's like a top 60 pizzerias in the country, and we have two of the two top of 10 in our town. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. I was out there. Mustard? I, yeah. You I got was, it. De Lorenzo's and Papa's are the two big – They have a town. thing. It's called mustard pie. You never even heard anything. but you, mustard. But yeah, you taste it. And it's delicious. <laughs> yeah. We go out there like well, we go we go to the Trenton Thunder Games, right? I drive my yeah. – we go out there and we go to the Thunder Games, and then on the way home we get a pie. Love it. Before and you can stop the... here for some espresso or, you know, coffee. <laughs> I, I live two minutes away. Ortiz, all of my first clients were all the wives of all the pizzerias in the area. So no matter where we went, you know, we had we had a little in. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, my awesome. goodness. Well, Lindsay, it has been an absolute pleasure having you. Great conversation today. And you are doing amazing things for our fitness leaders and, and just fitness enthusiasts around the world. And I'm really excited to get this out and share your information and your passion with all of our listeners. So thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you for what you guys are doing. It's really a privilege to be here and I'm looking forward to uh, doing this again in some, in some form. I appreciate it very much. Let's do it. Beautiful. Well, Thanks, Lindsay. With that said, you everybody, uh, it is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.